Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom from modern day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. Thanks for joining us today in the second part of our conversation with our guest. If you missed the first part of the conversation, you might want to go back and listen to that one first, or at very least read the show notes so you know who it is that we're talking to. But I think that you'd be really well served to check out that first episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go back one episode and listen to the first part of the conversation to hear the foundation of where we're coming from, and then come back to this one to dive into the rest of our conversation, exploring how our guest's life has provided them with so much medicine for their own life and the rest of the people that share it with them. So don't miss the backstory. Go check that out and come back. We'll be here. And if you're ready, here we go. Just start to think about this story that you've just shared um, from this symbolic and mythological level and or like from a dream, um, however we want to approach it. And I don't even know that we have to start at the beginning, but you know, just starting with any elements that are like really sticking out and, and glowing or highlighted with you that um, you want to explore it like that a little bit? Yeah, sure. That's fun. Um, yeah. Let's see here. So, well, I mean, the first thing that came to mind is, um, you know, I had a very, very much an underworld experience. I mm-hmm. traversed the underworld and I, I came up. <laughs> um for air mm-hmm. and you know which parts the, like what's the underworld in your story i would say that um the initiation into the underworld was uh was what happened in india mm-hmm. um that was the initiation and it kind of you know if i could compare it to like a, a mythological story it'd be like the the journey of persephone right hades mm-hmm. taking persephone and um, I've really, really related to that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a horrific experience for her to be sucked down into this unfamiliar place that's dark and dingy. And she's very light and flowery. And I'm sure she went through a long period of denial <laughs> of being mm-hmm. in, in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just the, um, all the different stages that, um, you know, from there on, you know, through the years up until that moment of sort of that, where the switch flipped, where I was in the woods, um, you know, uh, I, I really had to get comfortable with being in that sort of dark, dingy place with, with Hades, (laughs) the God of death. You know, it felt like I was dying. It really did feel like there was this big theme of my my whole personality dying, my whole essence sort of like dying off. Um, and then um, and then something shifted where I realized that if I'm gonna be in the underworld, maybe maybe I can find something here that's worth something, right? Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think all of us go on underworld journeys one way, one way, shape or form in our lives. Right. Right. Like that's, that is part of this life experience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and we usually don't choose them like, Hey, you know, let's go on a nice little (laughs) underworld vacation. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like Fiji or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, usually we're, we're, 
we're, uh, you know, taken by Hades, you know, mm-hmm. against our will often, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the thing about Persephone is that she becomes the queen of the underworld, you know. Right. She finds her power there. Right. And, um, you know, she does come back every spring, you know, mm-hmm. up to the world, to to the upper world, you know, to mm-hmm. to live out the summer. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not like she's there forever, but she knows that her, her, uh, she's going to spend time in the underworld. Like That's it's right. going to continue to be a thing for the rest of her life. It doesn't exactly. just stop. So right. when you have that choice set before you, there's, there's something where you, you become, um, I'm not, not comfortable. <laughs> this is probably the wrong word, right. but, um, you, it becomes familiar, yeah, um, and it has helped me tremendously in working with other people and their own underworld experiences because I'm not afraid to go down there. I know right. it really well, exactly. You know? So I I know that terrain. <laughs> Absolutely, and so. I, I'm glad that you brought in that part of the story that she comes up and lives life in the spring and the summer and gets to enjoy all the beauty and bounty of, of world on the top side and everything that happens in summer and, and sunlight and the warm weather and then has to go back down, right? It's not yeah. like, and that's definitely been a part of your journey too. It's not like one underworld trip. It's like, yep, come up yeah. and go back down and come up and go right. back down. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, something that I've studied archetypally a lot it's just the beauty of the circle right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that like we have this this concept that our life is a and then b and it's really not it's a b c to z and then to a again (laughs) exactly (laughs) with new knowledge and new wisdom (laughs) exactly you know and the sooner we can accept that that also helps us on our journey like Oh, here I am again. And and I know I felt this way. Like, oh, I've dealt with this shit before. I gotta wanna keep dealing with this. What's up with this? Yeah. But then realizing it is a circle, like you saying, like, oh yep, I have dealt with this. And look, I know some new things now. Mm. And I can deal with it differently this time. And it maybe it's not as deep or dark, or maybe there's something else that I can help someone else with with this, or something like that that you were saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That circular nature is definitely key. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I'm in love with a circle. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Absolutely. It's just um cuz you know you eventually know that it's a spiral, right? You eventually right. know get to know that it's a spiral. And you can only know that through experience. You you know, people can tell you that all you want, but like actually experiencing, we're here to experience that spiral, right? Mm-hmm. And um just uh it's helped me so much to know that um, if something subjectively really crappy is going on in my life, I know that uh, it's not going to be the end, you know? It's just winter. That's all, you know? Right. <laughs> and it might be a really long winter or a really short winter. Sometimes it's a few seconds. Sometimes it's a few years. But yeah, it will change. That is the nature of this reality is change. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, so the underworld journey is definitely a part of your story. Um, what else really stands out to you symbolically or mythically? Um, hmm. Well, you know, maybe I can bring a little bit of astrology into this. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> your story, it's your life. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the... So I am a Pisces rising mm-hmm. and um, I definitely uh, relate to that archetype on a, on a very deep level. Um, and Pisces feels like uh, in some ways it's all archetypes are very complex, right? They're just like people, mm-hmm. right. you know, they have all sorts of facets, um, sort of like a, a many faced jewel that you can look at all these different faces of, right? And so, um, in terms of a Piscean theme, the Pisces is the dreamer, right? Mm. Pisces is imaginative and wants to just, um, run away and be in fields of lilies and, you know, all these beautiful things, um, 
you know, the the song Imagine by John Lennon was written during a Saturn in Pisces, oh, <laughs> um, you know, transit. And um, yeah, I, I really relate to that, that theme as, uh, you know, we talk about in astrology, uh, the, the rising sign really being kind of our essence, kind of mm. even more than the sun sign in ancient astrology. So mm. um, that's really, that's kind of the essence of our soul. And then we go on these crazy journeys, right, according to other sort of archetypal um, themes. And um, I, I really have always been attracted to these, these things, these spiritual things, even though as a child, I grew up in a very practical family, right. uh, very earthy, you could say Virgoan sort of family. <laughs> mm. Um, and, uh, I, I've always been the one that wanted to ask the questions, you know, wanted to ask mm. the, the hard questions and, um, and like I went to church when I was little and I, there was something about church that I did love. I loved, um, I loved the, the small glimpses of spiritual connection that I got there. Mm. Um, but I, I also had a lot of questions. I was a very inquisitive child. And so, um, you know, I got kicked out of Sunday school, <laughs> um, <laughs> for my many questions. Um, so you know, uh, I, you know, Pisces is, is the ocean. It's this vast sort of, um, fluid thing that fills all the little spaces and, and cracks and moves around things. Right. Hmm. I have always felt that my essence is very much like that. Very fluid. Hmm. You know, I've always been interested in multiple, many things. I'm a multi-potentialite. I'm always, you know, going after those types of things. And um, sometimes I do have some some escapism tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, you saw that in the story that um, there was a lot of denial <laughs> leading up to, to something. And um, I really wanted to, part of it was pride. You know, part of it was, you know, not wanting to, to tell people about, you know, what was going on. But also part of it was like, if I tell people what's going on, then I have to believe that it's true. Right. Mm. And so, um, yeah, there's, that's kind of like, you know, it feels very much like uh, a Piscean person <laughs> going through, um, so I, my son is in Libra in the eighth house and the eighth house is the underworld. <laughs> mm. So, uh, but Libra is beauty and is, is very much like this Persephone figure, right? Of, is that Venusian, you know, um, looking, seeking beauty, seeking fairness, seeking equality, those kind of things going through the eighth house, the place of death. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's this Piscean person going through the eighth house of, of death and trying to maintain the sense of, at first, you know, clinging on to the sense of like, <laughs> at the beginning of the story, very much of like beauty and truth and love and all this good stuff, you know, that's, that's the answer. And yes, it is. But also, <laughs> but also... <laughs> Right. We work through the underground in our lives. Right. right. <laughs> and so that is the Libra balance of of really trying to find, you know, find continue that that beautiful dreaming, right? But also being in body, being mm. a, being able to be um aware of what is true in the moment and being right. able to voice that. So um, yeah, and I could go into more, but <laughs> there's, there's a lot there in terms of, of archetypes, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. There, and, yeah. and keep going if you want, but I'll, I'll just name and kind of echo that, um, what you're saying, like in your story and, and how so many of us are like, no, it's, it's love. It's this or that. Let's focus on that. Or sometimes we'll get caught in the never ending healing cycle of like, oh no, I've got to heal this. I've got to heal this. There's more darkness, more shadow, more whatever. Mm. Uh, but 
but your your story um, had a lot of balance of both, at least mm. over time. You know mm. that because um, because they're both true potentially. Um, yeah, yeah, I I do think they're yeah they are both true and um, they're both things that have to be lived <laughs> like we said exactly and yeah you can get stuck in that dark place too and I was definitely you know it's funny how we have to go to extremes sometimes you know yeah. to really find to find whatever you know I guess you could say balance but equanimity or harmony or whatever you want to say acceptance of both worlds right um, but. Well, in a way, what your story also represents on a more macro level is that when things are really not integrated and not healed, they are extremes, like mm. extreme love and light to extreme darkness and pain and suffering. And then eventually over time with enough healing and integration, we still have those experiences, but they're, it's a smaller uh, pendulation. It's not mm. quite as extreme and long lasting. Um, yeah. But we still have them both, kind of like the story of Persephone. She doesn't get stuck in hell forever, um, mm. but she spends some time in hell each year and, and some time on the upside <laughs> and in the summer, the above world uh, also, right? It's a, yeah. a more balanced equation. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 That's beautifully put. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think we, yes, it's in human nature to have extremes and. I think the more we journey and do our healing work, the less extreme they have to be. But we still That's have true. both polarities. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we. I think, like you know, you've so often said in your podcasts um, about initiation, right? We use the mm -hmm. word initiation, and we don't have a lot of, uh, you know facilitated initiations in our, right. in our world, in our lives. And so I think as a young person, a lot of young people seek out initiation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I was, I think, um, you know, even though I was, I wasn't seeking for that to happen in India, I, I put myself out in the world by myself, you know, traveling mm -hmm. alone as a woman, and there's a lot of risk with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, we and I remember, you know, I really just that feeling of like, I've got to touch life. I've got to mm. let life touch me, mm. you know, and um, in some way, shape or form, it, it might not look like that at all. But I think we all at some point, especially when we're young, we want we're like looking for something. <laughs> right. 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 So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that you brought in the initiation part because your story is such a, an amazing story of initiation that started out um, kind of unconsciously um, because you didn't have the support of somebody to facilitate initiation for you. You didn't have that cultural context. And, um, and, and I've spent a lot of time studying initiations and I used to think, well, I've got to be the guy that, that provides initiations. Mm -hmm. But what I've really found is more true, at least at this moment in time, is your story is like life actually provides the initiation. Mm -hmm. If we look at it consciously and we have some help in, in unpacking it and integrating it, um, mm -hmm. like, um, and again, I think both are true. I still long for the day that we have more culturally appropriate community supported initiations so that people don't have to be traumatized um, in such extreme ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? But in a way, initiations are trauma, like Sundance mm -hmm. and Vision Quest, like there's yeah. there's trauma inflicted. Um, it's right. just an intentional trauma, a consensual right. trauma. Yeah. Um, and there's community support available. And there's for community you. support, exactly. You know? Like yeah. that's. That's so beautiful <laughs> right. to be to be witnessed in the struggle to find your own essence and then be welcomed back by community. Right. You know, that right. is, I mean, that I found my way to that <laughs> in my own life, and I think a yeah. lot of us, you know, we we at least we try to. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I heard in your story that I've also talked about on the podcast that I've experienced is how painful it is to come back from an initiation or rite of passage or some major change in your life and not be recognized for how you're different now. Yeah. And that was a huge part of, of 
a, maybe a continued trauma in your story. Like people didn't see how you were different and, and what you needed now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's a big aspect of it for sure. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm struck too by, uh, like this, um, this preschool teacher, like keeps, <laughs> I can, <laughs> keeps popping out into my head, you know, of like, you, you know, you called it almost like a tangent from the story, but like, it really feels like an important part of the story for some reason. Mm. Like, as you sit with it now, like what, what can you sense about encountering this preschool teacher at the moment that you did and what mm. that could mean symbolically? What a good question. Um, it felt like maybe, you know, one of the themes, uh, bringing back in the eighth house, (laughs) the underworld, the eighth house is not all bad. In fact, sometimes, uh, the eighth house has to do with other people coming into support or other, other people's resources supporting you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, as you so well pointed out, a big theme of my life has been that when I've asked for help, there have been people and they've Mm -hmm. really helped me. You know, I would not be alive today without them, you know? Right. And I feel like, um, well, a lot of things are connected to, are connected to Breckenridge for me too. And that, that beginning part of my life, uh, interestingly, is uh, it was the best part of my childhood. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I, so Breckenridge, for those those of you who don't know, is uh, this, well, it used to be this little ski town. It's become quite, <laughs> quite crowded now. <laughs> yeah. But um, when I was growing up there, you know, it was dirt roads and there were dogs sleeping in the middle of the road, um, you mm. know, <laughs> pretty sleepy little mountain town. Mm. And um yeah, I, you know, grew up there with my my mom and my grandmother. Grew up in a very matrilineal household. Hmm. Um and my mom had to both of them had to work full time to uh make sure everything all everything was taken care of. So they needed childcare. And uh before I besides the little red schoolhouse of course where I went and met my my preschool teacher. Um, I also had this group of sort of ragtag, super, you know, like super smart hippies (laughs) that, um, you know, rock climbed (laughs) who were my babysitters Uh and they were my village. Um, that was the only time like in my life that I feel like I really, in the beginning of my life, I should say my, my childhood where I felt village, like the feeling of village. Hmm. And, um, to this day, they're still, uh, they still play an important part in my life. Um, they're very dear to me. Um, Hmm. but you know, they used to take me like, they would strap me in to their backpack and then they would go rock climbing. Like I would be, you know, three years old in a backpack (laughs) they would be (laughs) rock climbing. And then my, um, and then one day, you know, I'd come home to, to my mom and I told, tell my mom, pass the baby, pass the baby. And she's (laughs) like, honey, what does that mean? (laughs) What, what were they doing with you today? (laughs) And, uh, you know, they, they played this game where, you know, they'd have to, uh, there was a river that they'd have to make sure that I didn't go, you know, through because I was really little. So they'd all line up and they play this game called Pass the Baby and they'd pass the baby, you know, across the river. <laughs> and um, yeah, all this stuff, like um, they were just so wonderful and grounded and earthy and real, mm. but also very intelligent, you know, and, yeah. you know former academics too, in a lot of mm. ways, and um, had escaped the city life, I guess. Um, and so I think having Tia there, um, my, my preschool teacher, <laughs> um, just, it reminded me of that when I was young. 
and mm. um that became a bigger you know a bigger memory which came up more and more as I started to do the nature work because they were really the people that introduced me to nature when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I realized that I had grown up. I mean, I grew up 10,000 feet above sea level and in the mountains, you know, I grew Mm. up in nature. And even though I didn't appreciate it as much as a kid, I realized that that was part of uh, part of something that felt like home to me. Hmm. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the reasons it was such a healing experience for me to go through that. But yeah. also, you know, seeing her there um, felt uh, in retrospect, maybe feels like it was like a drop of beauty or grace from the universe yeah. saying like everything's connected, like right. you're not alone and you have village to support you. Don't forget that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Wow. So, yeah, just like, kind of bring it all together. <laughs> totally. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was not a tangent at all. That was an important, <laughs> huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah, there. Like, I guess so. <laughs> I never thought about it, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for bringing that out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like that early connection to nature, the best time of your life. Um you know, that there's support available and, um, and, and also like when I also think about a preschool teacher, I, I think about my own kids, preschool teacher was like the one that taught the manners, the one that taught them like how to start to be in a community with other people mm-hmm. in a respectful way, you know, how to play nicely together, starting to teach the colors and the shapes and the letters, like the very beginning of, education right of, mm. of how to how to be a human both in a interpersonal social way as well as in a enculturated way that is like the beginning of a very long journey of education and that this person showed up in your journey at the beginning of a, of your education into a, a deeper path you know to, to put it mildly um <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a what an amazing uh custodian guardian guide um wow yeah Yeah, Mm. that's beautiful wow thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you Mm. it's your story (laughs) 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 oh my goodness wow yeah and and just to continue to name from there too like i really was tracking that like she was a woman it was a circle of women um, with a counselor that helped you there in India. Um, and then it sounded like the next time that you really needed the community support, it included men, at least some men, yes. maybe it was a or lot men of and men women. actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought about that before, but the first part of my life was very, very woman heavy. <laughs> uh-huh. Like I said, I grew up with my, my mother and my grandmother and right. um, yeah, had a lot of, uh, actually a lot of stuff to work through with men, you know, because of that, just being uncertain uh, around that. And, you know, I landed in this house with a man. I called a, a man, <laughs> landed in a house with a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, actually, this house ended up being a place where I lived with three men. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and one of them being my partner. Uh-huh. Um, and so... That also, I I can't I can't tell you how healing that was for for me as well, mm. um, and all wonderful men, just so great, so so good, such yeah. such good good people, yeah, um, and yeah. You were both wounded by men, which was one of the first traumas that you had, but then also ultimately helped and supported by men. Like, yeah. love that there's that balance. Yeah. yeah, it's the believers at work again. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to have both. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah and, and I also want to honor you that, that it took your continued journey and willpower to continue to engage, to get to that uh, balancing, healing part with men. Because I certainly have worked with mm. and known many people that like, you know, mm. if they're harmed by a woman or harmed by a man, then they, they spend a lot of time distancing and avoiding, but you had the willingness to continue that eventually got to that healing place. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's funny because I think just there's a small part of me as like, uh, that always was, you know, I just didn't grow up with men. So I was always just like curious, like <laughs> who, who are these people? Right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Um, but you know, as, as you, as we've been talking, like, I'm actually really struck by, um, like the continual theme over and over again of just like, wow, like I have been really blessed with incredible people, like Mm -hmm. in, in my life, um, like a couple of difficult ones, certainly, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, it, it makes me you know, that makes me fall into the question more, like how, (laughs) I'm always thinking about this as well, but just the, the feeling of village, you know, and how that, that helps all of us on a, every level, you know, um, Mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, you know, physically sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just, I don't know about you, but I've really been, um, since the pandemic, especially really feeling, um, that like, I feel f- fractioned <laughs> somehow. Mm-hmm. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we, we've really been, um, you know, been like, all right, this is being what being alone is, right? Right, Which is in some ways very necessary. Like we Mm -hmm. need that, we need solitude to, to stew on things. (laughs) Right. But um, also now, like, I know, I know I've been like going into these social interactions with other people and being like, wow, I'm hungry for this. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've missed this. Oh, wow, like we really can't function unless we have some sort of, I don't know, some sort of cohesiveness, some sort of intact culture, right? Yeah. Um, and I think about this a lot and I don't know what the, what the solution is or anything, but it's always a question in my mind of how to, um, how to create uh, intact culture within right. and without, you know? Right. Well, what I'm loving so much about your story and what it's teaching me and helping me to see, Katrina, is that I, too, have spent many years wondering, like, how do we create this intact culture that is connected to nature or connected to each other in a meaningful way that provides these rites of passage and ceremony and ritual and such? Um, but your story highlights kind of like the the Harry Potter room of requirement, like that, like... <laughs> <laughs> when you need it and you go looking for it, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> I love a good Harry Potter. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, because yeah. like I, I personally, and and even in the group I was running earlier today, that like sometimes people get in this, like, oh, we don't have community, we don't have this, mm. we don't have that, and it's true. But if we get off of that, it's we don't have it, and we actually reach out and and look and ask, it mm. it it can be there, like it was oh. for you. Those people showed up for you when you really reached and needed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I'm trying to remember one of the questions you asked as a a prompt for before the, you know, this conversation, but um, something about like the the thing that keeps coming up over over and over again. Uh Um, And uh, it's funny because my, my, I think it's in my nature to kind of cloister (laughs) and, and to, to desire solitude. And Mm -hmm. I'm an only child and I'm very comfortable in that space. I'm comfortable. That's the, that's the key Mm -hmm. word comfortable. And yet, um, when, when I do reach out, when I do find community and especially when I have the courage to invite others in or say, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And I invite you to come Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. like how powerful that is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you're absolutely right on that. Just, uh, 
it, it takes it takes some courage, I think, especially for those of us who are just a little bit more comfortable right. <laughs> being on their own. <laughs> yep. yep. I'm so. definitely included in that community there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easier by myself. Yeah. In some ways. <laughs> Yeah, because it can be complicated, right? It's not without its complications, too. It's always complicated. I think the more that we see and feel, like, um, it's always complicated. And like your story illustrates, we get wounded with people Mm -hmm. often. Um, But our wounding with people um, also means we have to get healed with people, I think. Yes. And nature, um, like Mm. that your story also integrates, like, because I think if we only rely on people and we have no connection to anything other than the human race, um, I I think, well, at least my experience is that I keep getting bounced around of like, oh, this person's so great. And oh, now they hurt me again. Oh, this person's so great. Oh, now they hurt me again. (laughs) 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 There's got to be something else that provides support and resourcing and perspective and (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We need the ocean too, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's so much in your story. I think we could keep talking about it. Um, and But rather than me continuing to draw, I just want to see if there's anything that's like still kind of um, holding a lot of energy or, or demanding some attention or words uh, from what you've shared so far. Let me feel into that. Yeah. Hmm. I think just, um, I've always been, I think I mentioned this in the beginning, but I've always been so enamored with the power of story. Mm. And, you know, certainly listening to your your podcast and listening to other people's stories has always been such a love of mine. (laughs) Mm. Um, And, you know, uh, like I said, it's, it's easier to cloister away and to cloister, cloister my story away sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's intense. It's a very intense story. Um, and it's, it is hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I feel, I feel so much more connected having told it. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's how I heal and that's how we all heal is through that connection. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think I really just want to thank you for providing the platform for, for people to express that and, um, to find the golden nuggets because yeah. <laughs> they're in there <laughs> yeah, and, definitely. uh, to hear, cause, um, you know, we all, we're all little puzzle pieces, right. And mm-hmm. we all have, we all have medicine for each other and, um, yeah, I just, I feel really, really lucky that I know the people that I do, including you. So, <laughs> Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I really uh, appreciate your willingness to share the story. Um, and um, if I could ask you one more question. Um, the very, very beginning of our conversation, you, you were kind of coming out of the closet in a way about your love of divination and and kind of expressing some of the fear hesitation or even that you're in the closet at all about it um i'm curious like how that ties into this this story and and what what is it about uh coming out with that that's that's difficult or has been difficult Mm. or something can can you weave that part back in with us yeah you know i've been I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of how to, how I'm, how this fits in with everything. Cause it feels like a, a big piece that I'm still learning about um, and why it's important to me. Mm. Um, I, I do feel, I feel hesitant about it because, you know, like I said, I, um, 
I I know that it sets me apart, I guess, in the eyes of the my academic crowd. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. Um, yeah. I'm willing to do that because I, I enjoy it and it's brought me such wonder. Um, really, that's what it's about is wonder for me. It mm-hmm. helps me maintain a sense of wonder. Mm. Um, and that's that's the Piscean part of me, <laughs> mm. um, is that uh, despite all the craziness, I, did, I never lost my sense of wonder. Mm. And um, I think that's what makes me tick as, as a human. And um, there's so much that we don't know. And it's, it's lovely and freeing and liberating to say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm yeah. going to go investigate. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about you. It's like, oh, I'm going to go investigate. Oh, I still don't know, but maybe yeah. I got a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think my love of divination comes from that. It comes from a, a, every time I do it, it fills me, it gives me little hints, and then I see it in my life, and then mm-hmm. it fills me with wonder, and it makes me know in my body, in my being, that I am somehow connected to something larger than myself. Right. And yeah. um, it's, I've seen it do that for other people, too. And mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful thing to see that as well. Right. And again, it just comes back to connection, making right. connections, make, seeing the patterns and making connections. And uh, when, when we can do that, there's always just a little, even if it's just micro, these little micro pieces that when we can put them together, we can just take a nice little like <sighs> sigh of relief, like something is connected. I am right. not some distant floating speck. <laughs> mm. Like I have somehow I am, I am deeply immersed in the sea of this experience and I am not alone. I am part of it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's really well said that like seeing the connections that can get illuminated with divination helps reinforce the fact that you're not alone. I'm not alone. We're not alone. Like it is all connected in some way, even when we forget that or don't feel that way. Yeah. 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 So it's a reminder. And I think, I think uh, I really love the word remember or remembering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It really feels like this whole journey has been just a peeling away and remembering. Mm-hmm. And those tools that I have, those archetypal tools, those divinatory tools, they're my little tools to help remember. Right. So, and yeah. to help others remember. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, and full confession time here too. Like I asked you because I, I wanted to know for myself because uh, I also, as I, I guess I kind of said earlier, when I trained for a year with Maladoma and in his method of divination, and I've dabbled a little bit with Tarot and, and, and I Ching a little bit as well. Um, but I think that like what's scary about it for me is is really just confronting face to face with, I don't know. And like Mm. somebody is asking me a question and I'm supposed to be doing this divination Mm. thing to, to kind of know. (laughs) Mm. And, and, and and sometimes like we get to know a little bit more, but at the end of the day, still really don't know. And it's like, it's such a, a difficult, humbling place to be, I find to, to, to engage with divination. Um, for, especially mm. for somebody else that has a real mm. life question when like you know when somebody comes saying like hey will you do a divination about this thing and it's like yeah. a real serious life question of like yeah tell me about this partner or this job or this where yeah. i'm gonna live or whatever it's like those are serious questions sure <laughs> yeah and yeah. yeah those are those are legitimate <laughs> concerns <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know um i well, I want to go back to the point that, you know, like you said, you don't know. And you, I, I don't know. That's the truth. Right. right. I don't know. But something else does. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? And yep. so when I go into divinatory practice, I hand, I hand the reins over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I just, it's a, it's a very deep exercise in trust. <laughs> 
Absolutely it is. <laughs> it's terrifying sometimes. Yeah. But in the same end, uh, doing it over and over and over again, uh, as with anything, you develop trust, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that has helped me develop a relationship with, you know, my own guides and spirit and you know whatever mm-hmm. else you'd like to see that as but right. um you know it's uh yeah it takes time <laughs> i'm still working on right. it myself <laughs> totally yeah and if i can you know kind of project on your story a little bit and feel free to challenge this if this doesn't feel true to you at all yeah. katrina um but like what i heard at the beginning of your story especially like when you're talking about bali and it captured your heart and you kind of went to india wide-eyed like that was a level of trust but it was kind of a um you know you weren't still fully embodied in your own awareness and knowing and things like that mm-hmm. um that you know it was like a blind trust that wasn't maybe fully connected and fully mm-hmm. grounded mm-hmm. that through this journey that you've been on and uh, now you're developing, and I think that like it's important to keep in mind with divination tools of like we still have to own our part of the equation, you know, mm. that either as somebody providing a divination or somebody receiving a divination. Well, here's information, and you choose to what to do with it, you know, mm. that like we have a choice and we have a, a part and we have a say um, in that, and we can't abandon that either. Um, I think is so important. Um, mm. What do you, you agree, disagree? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, like, I'm really glad you brought out that up because, yeah, you're right. That there's a difference between trust with discernment and trust, trust without discernment, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I was young, I didn't, I didn't have as much discernment. I think many of us don't, you know, that's just part of the maturing sure. process. Right. Um. And yeah, you have to, well, like you couldn't be a vessel for divination unless you were a human, right? Like you, right. you have to, you're a human with a voice and thoughts and an ego and all these different things. And so, of course, it's going to be filtered through your own perception, right? Mm-hmm. That's, um, and sometimes that's necessary, right? Because for me, when I, when I do divination work, I also, uh, I get these little like pings, <laughs> I guess, uh, intuitive pings of like, there's, um, you know, it's, it's such, it's such a process of discernment <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes you get those, you know, intuitive pings and you're like, should I tell that person that, or do I keep that to myself? Or how do I, how do I present it in a way that's a, not sugarcoating it, but also, right. you know, being real, but also not, you know, <laughs> terrifying someone, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and that's an art. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I find that, again, it's just like continuing to practice that. Um, and it's really about feeling into that other person. And um, I don't know, <laughs> I'm going to sound so <laughs> woo woo here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, flying off into Pisces land, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, if you can really, you know, I, I love that you started our, our interview with a tune in, Mm uh, tapping in. I always do that as well because, um, however you want to look at it, it could just be that it's nice to like relax for a second (laughs) and catch your breath. Mm -hmm. You could also say that it's a way to really, connect on a, a deeper unseen level with that person. Right. Um, so uh, I always do that as well with people before I work with them. And um, that helps me, helps helps one, it's like one ear is the intuition and the other ear is the discernment, right? right. right. <laughs> like say this, but say it in this way, <laughs> yep. you know? Um, here's the hit for this, but make sure, you know, this, you say it like this, you know, there's these two sort of, you know, creatures that I have to work Mm -hmm. with in that way. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that you shared that. And, and I think that I'll, I'll just add to from my experience and, and what I'm getting from our conversation today, too, that a lot of that comes from uh, your lived life experience and your willingness to um, entertain these realms and go have embarked on this underworld journey. Um, mm-hmm. Like what you started our our conversation with today uh like I, i'm 33 i feel really old for 33 like it, it's clear now that we've talked like you've lived a lot in mm. these 33 years and that's mm. that's part of what helps you to to do the work that you're doing i, I believe mm. yeah thank you yeah yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, we could keep talking for a long time, but <laughs> <laughs> we should probably wrap it here. Um, yeah. Anything else that you want to say before we end? Mm. No, I'm just um, I'm just so thrilled to have had this conversation with you, and um, I can feel I can feel the medicine that it's provided for me. So yeah. thank you, and um, yeah. I, I really appreciate uh, what you do and yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just so happy to be alive. <laughs> oh, <yay. laughs> so happy to oh. be on earth. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's a, I, I don't want to say anything else. Let's just end with that. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> good. And I do want to really thank you too, um, uh, Katrina. Like, I mean, it's such a really profound journey, a profound life that you've been living and and that you've uh, persevered and lived through all that and are showing up to share and showing up to offer your medicine to people, not just on this podcast, but in the work that you're doing. Um, Because one of the things I've learned along the way too, is that if we're going to embark on any kind of ceremony or ritual or journey, the point is to bring something back to share with mm-hmm. with the people with with our communities mm-hmm. and and like you've definitely done that today so i really want to honor you and and thank you and what you just said i agree with uh, as we've been talking i've been feeling the medicine for myself as well so you've really touched me and helped me and blessed me and mm-hmm. and uh, I, I trust that our conversation will will touch and help a lot of people too so mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Katrina. Thank you so much, Chuck. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Be well, and uh, perhaps uh, we'll see you down the road sometime. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay, too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life, too, is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.